Hi, and welcome to the Country Hope Church podcast. We're based in regional Queensland with locations in Chinchilla, Gainda, Jandawi, and Meandara. We hope you enjoy this episode and we invite you to join us for a Sunday service. For full details, head to our website, www.countryhope.church. I think this time of year, we've been talking about it already. I think that most of us in the room could acknowledge that the world feels quite heavy at the moment, that there are just, whether it's we're looking at the things that are going on in our community, whether we look at the things that are going on in our church family, when we look at the things that are going on just with the people that we know and love, we look at the things that are going on in Israel and Ukraine and all the places, the world can feel very heavy. And particularly at Christmas, maybe we feel that disconnect when Christmas is coming up. But I think sometimes the mistake that we can make is when the world feels heavy and hard, we start to transfer that feeling to God. God feels heavy and hard. God feels like he's somehow gone mean. And I want to talk about that today because I think that at this time of year, when our community is facing the things that it's facing, when we're facing the challenges that we're facing, we need a reminder that we can taste and see the goodness of God, that our God is a good God, that just because the world is messed up and broken and struggling and hurting doesn't mean that God's not interested. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care. It doesn't mean that he's not here. It doesn't mean he's not good. It just means that we need, as believers, a reminder that we can taste and see his goodness right here in the midst of a broken world. So we're going to look at how today we can taste and see again the goodness of the Lord. This, these words come from Psalm 34, verse 8. It says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you holy people. Those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. I think this is such a great reminder for us today that we can taste and see the goodness of God. And to taste and see his goodness, it's not based on our strength, our capacity, because this verse is using the contrast of lions who have the ability to go and find their own food anywhere to seek their prey. But even they, in their strength and their capacity, might grow weak and hungry. But those who seek the Lord are going to lack no good thing, this verse says. So how do we taste and see? That's what today is about. The first thing we have to do to taste and see God's goodness, if we're struggling, if we're finding the world hard at the moment, if it feels like God is mean and bad and not good, we need desperately to taste his goodness again. The first thing we have to do is we have to believe. We have to believe that he is a relational God. 
that our God wants to have relationship with us, that we can experience relationship and intimacy with him, that he's not mean, he's wanting to connect with us. I'm just going to show you a little video in one sec. And I want to show you this video because I think that this is a great example of what we can get ourselves thinking that God is like. Thanks, Will. We'll throw to that video. Sorry, we've been on holidays at the beach for a week. Maybe this is why I've been watching dog videos. I don't know. (laughs) But sometimes that's us, isn't it? It's like we feel like God's not, like he's all hot air or his promises are there, but he's not coming through for us. We feel like it's like we're here and we're longing and we're waiting, but it's just not connecting. And we can get so angry in our hearts. We can get so confused. We can get so mixed up about what God is actually doing when things aren't going the way that we think that they should. But the first thing we need to do is we need to believe that God is for us and that he is a relational God and it is possible for us to taste and see his goodness. Psalm 27 verse 13 says this, Where would I be if I did not believe that I would experience the Lord's favour in the land of the living? Where would I be if I didn't believe that I could experience the goodness of God? I have to first of all believe that he wants to love on me, that he does love me and it's possible for me to have a relationship that is experiential with God. I can experience his goodness. He's not just an he's just not a far off distant God and I just need to be subservient but it's not possible for me to feel anything. It's not possible for me to converse with him. It's not possible for me to really understand what that he's for me or what he's about. I have to believe, no, God is here and he's close. And if I didn't believe that I could experience his goodness, what would be the point of living this Christian life? But I can experience his favour and his goodness in the land of the living. I don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience his closeness and to experience intimacy with him and to feel his presence with me, to understand his goodness. I can experience that right now. And if I lose that belief that I can experience that right now, where would I be? What would be the point? You know, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says it this way, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him or anyone who approaches him must believe, first of all, that he exists, but also that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I have to believe not just that God is, right? Not just that he is good at a distance, but that it's possible for me to experience his goodness up close. That he will reward me with his presence if I earnestly seek him. In John chapter 6, 
when many of the disciples were walking away from Jesus, it says that he was talking about some things that were hard for them to grasp and understand. And, and that, that, that Simon Peter and the disciples were watching people just abandon Jesus and abandon their faith and walk away. Simon Peter says this to Jesus in verse 69 of John chapter 6. He said, I'm not leaving you because to whom would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe, but also to know that you are the Holy One of God. We have come to believe, we believe it in our head, but we also know it in our physicality. We have experienced as a physical reality that you, Jesus, are the Messiah. That's what Simon Peter is saying. And I just put that there to show that there's that our faith is not just all intellectual. Our faith from the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible says again and again and again that God is an experiential God, that we can feel his presence, that we can experience his goodness, that he will gift us with his peace, that it's possible for us not just to believe, but also to know deep in our being that he is here with me and that he is a good God and to know and experience his goodness in my life. So this is the first thing that I need to taste and see. I actually have to believe that it's possible to taste and see his goodness. I have to believe that he's a relational God, he's an experiential God. It's not just all theory, it's possible for me to know deep inside my guts God's goodness in my life if I earnestly seek him. The second thing that I need to do to taste and see, the first thing I need to do is believe. The second thing I need to do is I need to feel hungry. I need, dogs are always hungry, aren't they? <laughs> always. Like our dogs, I don't know whether you're, if you, you're, you've got dogs, if they do the same thing. Like you can feed our dogs and then if Lee comes home like two minutes later, he thinks they haven't been fed because they're like, feed me, feed me, feed me. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, I just fed them two minutes ago. And he always, it's a little joke, running joke in our house. He's like, you two are a pair of liars, right? <laughs> they're always hungry. They're always hungry for more. Our problem is that we're never hungry. As first world Western Christians, we're never hungry. We're never silent. We're never bored. We're never still we're always busy. We've always got a screen in our hand. We've always got something to distract us. We can always go through the drive-through. Our life is always full. But to experience, to be able to taste and see God's goodness, we need some space in our life to feel hungry. When our kids were younger, you know, when you get to school holidays and things, and if you're a parent and you're like trying to restrict screens and various things, What's the first words that come out of their mouth when you say, no, the TV's going off? Like, they last about five minutes and then it's like, I'm bored, yes? <laughs> I'm bored. And so me being the mean mother that I was, used to always say, excellent, being bored is good for you. <laughs> I wasn't very popular when I said it. <laughs> 
but it's true, right? Because as soon as you actually embrace the boredom and sit with it for another five minutes, then all of a sudden their creativity would start coming out and they'd start building the cubby houses under the table or they'd start pulling out the cricket and having a game of cricket on the lawn or whatever it was. Like the creativity would very quickly follow the boredom if they could just sit with the boredom for long enough to let it do its work. But for us, hunger is the same. In Luke chapter 1, verse 53, Mary, when she sings her song, she says this, that God has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. I think for us as 21st century first world Christians, this is such an issue for us, is that we can be so rich that we never recognise our true hunger. We fill our spiritual hunger with all the other types of food. And we never sit with our spiritual hunger for long enough for it to do its work. But for us to taste and see the goodness of God, we need to learn to get a little comfortable with feeling hungry. Jesus said it in Luke chapter 6 like this, "'Woe to you who are rich, for you've already received your comfort.'" Woe to you who are well-fed now, for you will go hungry. I think that I see this in my life. I'm not just pointing the finger at you guys, right? It's so easy when I feel a bit of discontent or a bit of spiritual hunger or a bit of anxiety or a bit of fear or a bit of something. It's so easy to pull my phone out of my pocket and start scrolling on something, right? It's so easy to just go for a wander through Kmart. It's so easy to like start texting someone or all the things. It's so easy for me to just fill that hunger with a distraction. But every time I fill that hunger with a distraction, I don't actually feel the hunger. I actually go away empty and the problem remains. So for me to taste and see the goodness of God... I need to learn to feel hungry. Am I too rich to feel hungry? Am I too comfortable? Am I too busy? Am I too full? Am I too distracted to sit with my hunger? We don't allow ourselves to go through that process when our hearts are pointing us towards God. We find it so uncomfortable that we stuff it down (laughs) and we carry on with our life with the spiritual hunger sitting there unaddressed. And so today, what a great question to ask ourselves is, do I allow myself to feel hungry? Because hunger is a prerequisite for us to taste and see the goodness of God. If I'm not hungry, I'm never going to ask If I'm not hungry, I'm not going to go looking for the things that will satisfy me. So I have to learn to feel the hunger. The promise of God is that he has filled the hungry with good things. But the rich sent away empty. They didn't even realise they were hungry. So what am I really hungry for? I'm hungry for something other than what I feed myself with. And for us to taste and see the goodness of God, we need to learn to sit with feeling hungry. And we're not used to it. We don't like it, but we need it because the hunger is a prerequisite. So what ways could you this week 
allow yourself to feel hungry. Maybe all the things that everyone tells you, you know, don't pick up your phone first thing when you get out of bed. Maybe leave it down for half an hour. Maybe go outside and look at the sky and thank God for the day. Maybe go old school and pull out a paper Bible and sit with it. Listen. What other ways could I allow myself to feel the hunger? How could I be less busy filling up with other things this week? So I need to believe that God wants me to experience his goodness and that it's possible for me to know and to experience that God's not just theoretical far off, that he's a relational experiential God. I need to allow myself to feel a little hungry. I need to allow myself to feel those things that I'm feeling. And the third thing I need to do is I need to seek the best. I need to look for the food that is going to satisfy me. I've got one more video to show you. This one's a bit cute. Thanks, Will. my eyes on the prize and see the things that are really going to satisfy me. The stuff that I've been busy with doesn't seem so attractive, does it? Well, that's how I'm going to make that video seem spiritual today anyway, because it's just cute. Um, I need to seek the best. I need to seek what's really going to satisfy me. And to seek what's really going to satisfy me, it's going to take a bit of investment. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. If I seek the best, if I seek righteousness, if I seek the things of God and the ways of God and living for him, I will be satisfied. I won't go my whole life feeling hungry. I will have a life where I know what it is to be satisfied. In John 6.35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life and whoever comes to me will never go hungry. It's not God's intention that we as Christians, we as his children, are walking through life with this deep, unsatisfied hunger in our soul. He wants to be our satisfaction. Ask and it will be given to you, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, a door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? In other words, if your kid asks for food because he's hungry, are you going to give him something he can't eat? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? I didn't look this up, but I'm guessing that actually the Jews didn't eat snakes. I think that would be pretty right. That, like the, the idea is if, he, if your kid is hungry and he's asking for food, you're not, as a parent, going to give your child something that they cannot eat. You're going to give them food. So then Jesus says, if you then, though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? 
I need to ask. I need to ask him for what's best. I need to seek righteousness. I need to knock on the door. I need to say, God, I've got a hungry heart. God, you feel a long way away at the moment. God, it feels like you're mean. So God, I am going to knock. I am going to ask. I am going to seek, believing that you are a God who gives good gifts to your children and that you said that if we ask for food, you're not going to give us something that's not going to satisfy. You're not going to give us something that we can't eat. But Jesus, the bread of life, is our true satisfaction. And if we ask, you will give, God. It's the promise of your word. If I knock, if I seek, you will give to me. That is your promise. But I need to seek the best rather than just rushing through the drive through of easy distraction. I need to seek the best. The gifts of God are free for us. We can't earn the goodness of God. We can't earn the presence of God. But we can invest. Right? We can knock We can seek, we can ask, because the goodness of God, the gifts of God are not given to the passive. The gifts of God are given to the one who nags. (laughs) I love the story. Jesus tells a couple of parables about people, like there's the neighbor who's got friends coming and he needs bread and so he's knocking on the next door neighbor's door, give me bread, give me bread, give me bread and the neighbor's going, go away, it's the middle of the night. And Jesus said that this person got up and gave the neighbor what he needed just to make him go away. In other words, because he nagged so much, he gave him what he wanted and this is how you should pray, is how Jesus said it. So if we get a bit invested If we start knocking, if we start seeking, if we start asking, if we start nagging, God, I'm not okay. I need to know your peace. I need to know the comfort of your presence. God, I need to know that you're good right now. God, I need something from you right now. If we start to get a bit invested, then God is going to give us good gifts. That is the promise of his word. He's not mean. He never turns around and walks away and says, no, I can't be bothered. See you later. Never. He says, you get a bit naggy, right? That's how I like you to pray. That's how I like you to pray. I like you to knock and to knock and to be audacious and to be rude and in the middle of the night to be knocking on the door until you get what you want. Just like that neighbor. That's what Jesus said we should pray like. And so if you in your life in this season, if God's goodness feels like a long way away, You can get audacious today. You can start nagging. You can say, God, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go. I'm not going to give up knocking. I'm not going to give up asking God until I can sense your goodness again, until I can taste and I can see it and I can hold it right here in my hands because I believe, I know, God, that you are a God who cannot just be believed but who can be known and that you are the rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So, God, I'm going to seek you. God, I'm going to knock. God, I'm going to ask and I'm not going to stop until you satisfy me with your presence. That's the type of prayer God loves. That's the type of prayer God answers. I just wonder why we live in this sort of half-life of God feeling such a long way away because we're so busy filling the hunger with the other things that we forget to ask. We forget to seek and we forget to knock. And God is saying to us today, 
My goodness is right here for the taking. I'm longing to lavish my goodness on you. It's just that you're too distracted and you're too busy and you forget to ask and you can't sit with your hunger for long enough to ask me. But if you ask me, I will fill you. That's the promise of his word over and over and over and over again. So every day this week, what could I do? to taste and see the goodness of God. I can ask him. I can get a bit bold. I can get a bit audacious. I can say, God, I'm pretty desperate at the moment. God, my heart is hurting. God, I really need something from you. And I can keep doing that every day until he answers. I can get someone to pray with me. I can tell somebody I'm hurting at the moment. I'm really struggling. I need you to pray every day with me that God's going to satisfy me with the goodness of his presence, that he's going to fill me with his peace, that I'm going to experience the supernatural presence of God that is something that I cannot explain, but boy, do I know it, that I've experienced it in the past and I'm hungry to experience it again. So, friend, would you pray with me? Let's keep knocking until God answers. We can get a bit audacious. We can keep seeking his righteousness, because some of the distractions that we fill our hunger with, they're actually not righteous distractions at all. They're death distractions. They're things that don't bring life to our bones. They actually bring death to our mind and to our heart and to our spirit. I can put those things down that are bringing death to me, and I can seek righteousness instead. I can say, God, forgive me. Help me to satisfy my hunger in a way that's righteous. God, would you help me to put aside the things that are bringing me death? So, in closing today, I just want to get real for a minute. And I know that this has probably been a pretty real message. (laughs) Anyway... But I want to give us an opportunity to respond to God. So why don't the musos come now? We're going to sing in just a moment that song, Better is One Day in Your Courts. Because isn't that the truth? God, tasting and seeing your goodness is better than any other thing that I could fill my hunger with. Tasting and experiencing and knowing your presence with me God, it's the deepest desire of my heart. It's a satisfaction like no other. So why don't we stand together? We hope you enjoyed listening to the Country Hope Church podcast and that this episode blessed you. If you've got any questions or prayer requests, please don't hesitate to contact us through our email, connect at countryhope.church. If you'd like to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode, that would be fantastic. Otherwise, we hope to see you either online or in person at some point soon.